morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal soul, in weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with the redeemed of God first and no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal free from every imperfection. Youthful and happy, I shall be. Lost in victory. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, never stand. stand. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of his likeness. Ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grains, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory, with reading understand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friends. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him alone I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way and help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about what I do have I give to you. What I do have, I give to you. But before we get to that study, just a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Oh, friend, get this, get this. James Gunn the director of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy movies, is pushing back against the recent criticisms of Chris Pratt because of his Christian beliefs. Gunn responded to one person's call for Pratt's removal by asserting that he would never be replaced as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord. For what? Because of your made-up 
utterly false beliefs about him or something that someone else told you about him that's not true. Chris Pratt would never be replaced as Star-Lord, but if he ever was, we would all be going with him, Gunn said. As was previously reported, the criticism against Pratt came following the release of the teaser trailer for the upcoming MCU film Thor, Love and Thunder. In the trailer, Pratt is seen giving his team a a pep talk and encouraging him to look into the eyes of the people that you love whenever you or they feel lost. Shortly afterward, Thor, played by Chris Hemsworth, is shown staring intensely into Pratt's eyes in an awkward moment. This moment caused some social media users to poke fun at Pratt because of his Christian beliefs. Others used this opportunity to point out that Star-Lord was depicted as bisexual in a 2020 comic series for Guardians of the Galaxy. According to Faithwire NK News, social media editor Oliver Gia asserted that the attempts to cancel Pratt over the years are based entirely on nothing. There it is, folks. Can you believe that? Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn defends Chris Pratt amid backlash over his Christian faith. Folks, it's tough to be a Christian no matter where you are, but especially in Hollywood. Amen, folks? Mm, 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 mm. Well, you won't believe this next news. Get this. Get this. The Shroud of Turin, you remember that? The Shroud of Turin is now believed to have originated from the time of Christ's death and resurrection after a scientific technique found that the Shroud is about 2,000 years old. Mm. The Shroud, which is currently located in the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in Turin, Italy, portrays the image of a crucified man. For years, experts and scientists have been studying the garment to determine if it was the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. In a recent interview with the National Catholic Register, Italian scientist Liberato di Carol explained that he managed to discover the age of the Shroud of Turin using a technique called wide-angle X-ray scattering. Mmm. Get that, folks. The findings under the WAXS method contradict a 1988 carbon-14 study that determined that the shroud was only 700 years old. Following a comparison with samples, De Caro found that the shroud of Turin matched a piece of fabric dating back to the siege of Masada, Israel, in 55 to 74 A.D. This technique of dating linen by x-ray is non-destructive and can be repeated several times on the same sample. Shroud of Turin is believed to have been in the Middle East before eventually ending up in Europe. According to D. Caro, an analyst of the shroud found samples of pollen 
all the way from ancient Palestine. Get that, folks. What news? Mm. Scientific x-ray technique dates Shroud of Turin to around the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. <laughs> my, oh my, what will they discover next? Folks, mm. and that's our headline news for this broadcast. Folks, this day in church history. Catherine of Siena was a remarkable woman of the 14th century, a visionary, a peacemaker, a nurse during the plague, and a counselor to Pope Gregory XI, whom she persuaded to move to Avignon to Rome. She died in austere conditions on this day, April 29th, 1380, not yet 33 years old. To the companion standing at her side, she said this, Dear children, let not my death sadden you. Rather rejoice to think that I am leaving a place of many sufferings to go to rest in the quiet sea, the eternal God and to be united forever with my most sweet and loving bridegroom. And I promise to be with you more and to be more useful to you since I leave darkness to pass into the true and everlasting life. Mm. And that's this day. In church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun and name that Bible character. All right, folks, here is your clue. Here is your clue. I am the reason that God sent poisonous snakes among the Israelites. What reason am I? There you go. Here's the clue one more time. I am the reason that God sent poisonous snakes among the Israelites. What reason am I? There you go, folks. We'll reveal the final answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal and a final segment of Name That Bible character folks get your bibles and let's open up god's fantastic and powerful word the title of our study for this broadcast is called what i do have i give to you and it comes out of acts chapter 3 so turn to acts chapter 3 and we'll read be reading some and just talking about some of the other verses in this fantastic chapter. We're going to be covering actually Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4 more broadly as we continue our studies next weekend. So 
Peter and John are going into the temple in the ninth hour. And what is the ninth hour? Where, well, the devoted Jews went three times for prayer at the temple, 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. The ninth hour is 3 p.m. So at 3 p.m., here comes Peter and John coming to the temple in order to pray. So let's stop right there, put a finger there real quick. And uh, this is found in uh, Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. How often do you pray? How often do I pray? Just a thought that just occurred to me as they were accustomed to praying. And, and so, boy, I tell you what, we need to pray more and more and more, don't we, friend? All right, so let's continue on. So here they, uh, they come across a gentleman that's called a lame man. So from the time that he was born, folks, this man was disabled. He had a disability. We don't know exactly what it was, but later on when he's healed, we know that it was his feet and ankles. So he was disabled. And it was a custom that they would lay this disabled man at the gate of the temple to ask for alms. Well, what is alms? Well, alms is money or food that was given to the poor and needy, those who were begging. Just, just imagine that. All your life was spent being carried to the temple gate and begging for survival, pleading for people to give you whatever they could, money, food, whatever it is, alms. And so here comes Peter and John now to pray. And so this disabled man looks at them and says, and asks for alms. So Peter stops and says, hey, look at, look, look at me. And it was as if Peter was doing a staring contest. Hey, I got something I want you, want you to know about. He got this man's attention. What he was about to receive was something far greater than food and money. Notice in verse 6. In verse 6, and Peter says, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter says, I don't have gold, I don't have silver, I don't have money. I don't even have food necessarily with me at this moment. But what I do have, I'm going to give to you. Friend, trust me on this. Here is a truth that we all need to realize. And that is simply that having the gift of Christ is not something to be hoarded. It is something to be given. Because a soul depends on you giving that spiritual food to them. That spiritual gift. Releasing that to another person. That's what Peter was doing here. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Peter took him by the right hand and lifted this man up. And immediately his feet, his ankle bones were strengthened. Now notice, to underline that, immediately this occurred. What a, that's what miracles, real miracles do. Immediately and lasting. What is this 
disabled or used to be lame, disabled, the man who was born with this disability do? Well, friend, isn't it amazing? He was leaping, walking, praising God. What have you done because of the great gift of Jesus in your life, friend? Where are you now? Are you leaping, praising, walking, giving all glory to God? It says that they entered the temple and this guy was still praising and leaping and walking in the name of Jesus Christ. And people couldn't ignore that. People, all witnesses, they knew that this was that God. They knew that this was the same guy that was always at the gate, always at the same time, always the beggar, will always be the beggar, will always be disabled, will always be lame. Instead, here he was, whole, and they knew it. People witnessed it, as people witness today the very power of God in his son, Jesus Christ. They were filled with wonder and amazement. And it's said that this guy held on, as is his life dependent on it, to Peter and John. And they got people's attention. And so Peter said, why are you marveling at this? And, and not only why are you marveling at this, in other words, it's no surprise that Christ can do great things in your life. The resurrected Savior can do marvelous things. Why are you marveling? Why are you looking, Peter says, why are you looking at us as if we've done this by our own power? Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at John as if we have accomplished this because of our own righteousness or our own goodness? So Peter was bringing people attention to the right source, getting their attention focused on the right power behind this great miracle. Their focus needed to be directed from them to the resurrected Savior. Jesus, he says, the one that you denied. Remember? Remember your choice that you made? You ask instead for a murder. This, the one who raised disabled person up, made him whole again. This is the prince of life. This is the force. This is the name. This is the faith that this guy had in the name of Jesus Christ. This faith made this disabled person strong and it's given him perfect soundness. So put your finger on Acts chapter 3 now in verse 17. And we're, going to, we're going to read this because this is the gospel message that Peter is going to preach. He's given this opportunity, very powerful, moving, very beautiful moment in time using this miracle to illustrate and to preach the gospel message. Now notice what he says here very simply. In verse 17, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In other words, Peter saying, you, you just didn't know any better. But now things have changed. Verse 18 of Acts chapter 3, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. The Messiah is the Christ, the Prince of Life, the one that you chose a murderer over 
He is the one that all of the prophets. He is the Messiah. He is the one that would suffer. All this is being fulfilled. Verse 19. He hits them with this. Repent therefore. Turn. Turn to God now. And be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. So that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. He says repent. Turn. This is the moment. This is the challenge. This is the choice that you have. At this time. Look at that resurrected man. The power behind it is the resurrected Savior. It was in his name that he was healed. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Blotted out simply means, comes from a Greek word, it means to be totally erased, wiped out. That's the power of salvation. That's the power of the redemption of coming to Jesus Christ in repentance allowing yourself to be baptized for the remission of sins in His powerful and holy name. You remember in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Ananias told Paul the same thing. Now why are you waiting? Come and wash, be baptized and wash away your sins. Not, not that Paul can do it, not that we can do it, but that Christ, He and His blood alone erases our sin, blots it out. And then it talks about times of refreshing. So that times of refreshing, verse 19, may come from the presence of the Lord. This comes from the Greek word. It means to be refreshed, to be revived with fresh air. This is totally dependent on repentance and having your sins erased and forgiven. Notice what he says in verse 20 as he continues, and that he may send Christ Jesus who was preached to you before. What he's talking about? He's talking about, well, Christ is in heaven right now, and he's going to come back again. The first time Jesus came was to redeem mankind. And that's the preaching of the message today. The good news. You can be redeemed. You can have your sins removed. You can be in a right relationship. You can connect to God and Christ. But the second time Christ comes, He's going to complete that redemption, the final resurrection of the body. Verse 21. Whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all of His holy prophets since the world began. Verse 21 of whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. You see, Christ is in heaven. People are so confused about this. This is not confusing. This is a simple truth. The times of restoration, that's a medical term that means to be completely, to have a complete restoration of health. When is that going to be? Well, we have the spiritual restoration of health. That's your soul has been redeemed. You are a new creature in Christ. Your sins have been removed. You are in Christ. Your soul is restored. But not your body. One day when Christ comes again, our bodies are going to come crawling out of that grave. We're going to have a new body. We're going to be, as John says, like Christ. Amen. The first stage... Jesus going in, is in heaven as King of kings and Lord of lords. The first stage of redemption is restoring that restoration. 
of the Spirit has begun, the, the redemption, the, the re, redemption that is taught through the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, having your sins totally forgiven and be restored back to a relationship with God. And in the end comes that final restoration called the resurrection day. Mm, what a time it is. Verse 22. For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. You've got to underline that, folks. You have a choice of hearing the prophet. And the prophet he's talking about, of course, is Jesus is the Messiah. You reject him. You choose not to obey his will. You will be utterly destroyed. Verse 24. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your father, saying to Abraham. Now see, he's speaking to a mainly Jewish audience here. He says, now you, you, you have all the way back you can trace your lineage to Abraham. And then the, he says in the last part of verse 25, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Pointing back to that great promise of Abraham, if you remember in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, it is not seeds as of many, but seed which is of course Christ. What Paul would be preaching to the Galatians. Verse 26, to you first God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Well, Peter concludes his gospel message talking about that prophet is Christ. He is the Messiah. And he and he alone will bless all nations. You need to hear his voice. You need to obey his You need to obey this lawgiver, this king, this leader. He's the Lord of Lords. And you must listen to him. And he's right now desiring that every one of us hear his voice and turn from our iniquities and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we will be blessed beyond all imagination. Amen, folks. What a gospel message. Now stay tuned for next weekend. We're going to find out in Acts chapter 4 that Peter and John were arrested. Why? Because they had the audacity of preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified and Him resurrected. And the fact that he was the power behind the miracle of healing this disabled man from birth. The next time, we're going to be talking about the power of the name of Jesus. Amen, folks. Stay tuned for that exciting study. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to Name That Bible Character. was your clue I am the reason that God sent poisonous snakes among the Israelites what reason am I 
Well, they complained about food and water. Numbers 21, verse 5. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul just loathes us like bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. I am the reason that God sent poisonous snakes among the Israelites. What reason am I? Well, they complained about food and water. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ by submitting your life to him in repentance, submitting your life to him in baptism, having your sins blotted out, erased, forgiven. Amen, folks. And you will receive a blessing that passes all understanding more than you could ever deserve. My goal here was very simple. That was to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Visit our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I just want to tell you this. Thank you for listening and joining me in this show. It's been a privilege and an honor for me to have you. May God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all. In all you say and do well amen amen sing glory hallelujah christ the lord has died for you praise god praise god give thanks to the father in all in all that you say and do well amen amen sing glory hallelujah christ the lord has risen for you praise god praise god give thanks to the father in all in all you say and do well amen amen sing glory hallelujah christ the lord is living for you praise god praise god give thanks to the father in all in all that you say and do well amen amen sing glory hallelujah christ the lord is coming for you christ the lord is coming for you Christ the Lord is coming for you.
Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Oh, Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Oh, Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He will set you free. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do